0: Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar.
1: And I'm Tom Knezik, and today we're buzzing into episode 117. Uh, Now's the time we typically reserve for follow-up, but like last episode, I looked at Fran right before we hit record and said, I don't remember what (laughs) we wanted to follow up on. Um, You know,
0: I feel like we recorded that last buzz so long ago, mm -hmm. which I think we did. I just, because it was before I even took my... Oh yeah, it was. It was I, a while ago. We had recorded some stuff out of order, yeah. um, I, and I, I can't for the life of me even remember what we talked about.
1: I guess one of the things I will follow up on is now people have heard us. Uh, one of the things we probably should talk about is our episode with Renata Barnes. Yes, and um, and I, one of the things I mentioned is I was going to cultivate, which is a meeting out in in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, yeah, it was exactly what I as far as demographics of the crowd went, it was exactly what I expected, and it was it was. Very similar. Um, there's just not a lot of diversity in this field, and it's important to to keep sh- stressing. Hey, we need more ideas, and more ideas is going to come from a more diverse background than what we have right now. Uh, there's so much agricultural and horticultural history throughout the world, and we're really just dealing with a very limited palette. So it um,
0: it yeah. really made me think, you know, along the lines of have. And I know I said it during the episode, but have I done enough? And what can I do to bridge that gap or, or do more? And it's, you know, it's been on my mind, but as of yet, I haven't done anything yet mm-hmm. either. So I need to really like put into action, not just think about it or contemplate it. Yeah, it, it needs to become action at some point. Yeah.
1: And uh, the one piece of advice that she really gave that that stuck out to me was. We just got to look in different places. Like yeah. the, the people who are interested in this are out there and they probably are in the same boat too, where they don't know how to break in. Um, and it's just, hey, well, if you keep looking in the same places as we have for the last 20, 30, 40 years, we're going to keep finding the same answers and the same candidates or, and the same people. So
0: they may not even know they're interested. And, yeah. and you know, I know we've at some point over 117 episodes, I've said this before, but one of the conversations we have here in in the back room is <clears throat> you know everyone's great at something and how many people never find out what they're great at because they never had the opportunity to do mm-hmm. it and we always talk about like probably the best soccer player in the world who never played soccer because he's playing another sport mm-hmm. um or had to pick between two sports and you know i think this like if you didn't have access to it how do you know yeah how well you would enjoy it or like it or know about it mm-hmm. Unless you've had that opportunity, so it's all it's it's not just finding the right people, but creating the opportunity for people to to experiment or or learn, you know. And it's mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we're moving in the right. It asked all the right questions that will put plans into action yeah. or motion. Yeah. and that's no, was, what we
1: wanted it to be. It was an impactful conversation. I'm glad we found Renata. That was a big I am, one. I think I that's going to become a, a a nice friendship over the next couple of years, I agree. especially that it was right. She was right in our backyard. Yeah. And we didn't even know. So um glad I can't remember what listener made that or made that suggestion. It was a few, and, um, actually. It
0: was a, a few that that did. And and I'm glad I'm glad that they did. And I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a beautiful friendship moving forward with Renata. So I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. So with that, why don't we move into our regular scheduled programming and uh and start with that top? That's hot. hot. You wanna go? You want me to go? Um. Yeah, I can go. And and for those new listeners, because we do have quite a few, we saw a little bump. Yep. So, uh, this is the segment where we basically talk about what is uh struck us this week in the plant world, and and what we were like. Well, wow, that's pretty cool, and we want to share it with with our listeners. So I, I was kind of peeking at yours. I was
0: like, man, what a great choice. I even oh think about yeah, that. and
1: it's uh, you're probably wondering why I took that choice, uh, Quercus C. <laughs> and uh, it's time to,
0: <laughs> to
1: break out the FIO and, uh, and gather the juglone. And, uh, <laughs> and and my choice this week was black walnut, which is Jugglin's Niagara, which we've talked about on the podcast many times, um, primarily because uh, while it has really nice uh, wood for furniture, that's why a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it because it can be really messy with all the, the walnuts that fall to the ground and then the, the juglone which yeah. can uh, kind of – well, it really does push other plants away. It doesn't allow other
0: plants to grow. And and I don't know if it's the tannins in the, the coating to the – We I, I know, mm. again, like I'm just rehashing old stuff. But like at, when I first – black walnut wasn't something that I had by where I grew up, but when I first uh, discovered it, of course, I was at an age where we were throwing them at each other because yeah. they're base like a little smaller than the baseball size and hard, mm-hmm. but s- soft enough where it doesn't hurt like a baseball. And then all of a sudden, you look at your hands and your hands are stained, and then they're stained for like a week. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you all of a sudden you, you realize, oh, this this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who aren't familiar with black walnut, it's a
1: deciduous tree that gets fairly large. Uh it has fragrant fragrant leaves and furrowed bark. Um pr- and then it produces round, edible nuts in the fall. The nuts are very messy when they fall to the ground. If you have a spot where you plan on doing some running or outdoor activities, uh it's gonna be like someone rolled out a bunch of like well, golf ball, no, larger than golf ball. Yeah. Somewhere between a golf ball and baseball sized marbles out there. <laughs> like you're gonna get hurt if you try and do activities in this space. Yeah. Um, in fact I one of the, the trees I like to hunt under is a black walnut, and in the fall, I can't I can't hunt under it until they all fall down because I've literally been hit on the head many times <laughs> just sitting under this tree, minding my own business. And uh, yeah, you get, you get black I'm walnuts just, falling all over the place.
0: Uh, the visual of that yeah. just thinking about that is pretty funny. The first time it happened, I'm like, What the
1: heck was that? And then I'm like, Oh, it's yeah, um, <laughs> did you think you were being, being? I have no idea, what I, yeah, like, shot at, <laughs> yeah. Because they, they're loud when they hit the ground, yeah. too. It's not like it's just like a, a soft thud. It's they like got a little a loud, bit of weight to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not small. No. Um, and then it's a preferred host for Luna and Regal Moss, which I did not know. I did not know that either. So it also is, while it can be messy and kind of uh, not the best tree in all situations, it's it's a beneficial tree to some of our pollinators and, and in this case, moths, too. Um, now, why I'm talking about this tree is I'm – doing this a little bit late i love when people can take things that you don't know as a food or in this case do know as a food but use them in a completely different way and i heard multiple social media um social media influencers talk about making black walnut jam i've never like, heard what of the it The heck is black walnut jam and why are the walnuts aren't ripe yet why are they making it now well, i guess you take the green walnuts mm-hmm. and uh, and we we here in New Jersey, I think we missed this window by about a month. We're, okay. uh, we're probably, or maybe two months too late. Um, some of the people I saw doing this were in Wisconsin and Canada. And I'm oh, like, okay, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we're a little behind. Yeah. But it was just really cool, so I want to add it to like my mental calendar for next year saying, hey, I need to do this. Um, and I want to make this green. You take the green, black walnuts, and then um, basically you have to soak them in water. Uh, you poke holes in them. I think you got to peel the like outer, like a little bit out, like with a peeler, not with like your hands. Uh, Peel a little of the husk off, poke it a lot, soak it in water for a week. It actually starts to ferment a little bit. And then you cook it down and and make basically have the little, they look like figs almost. Um, Just really black and like sugary and like sweet looking. I guess you have like a syrup that they're in. And, uh, but just so fascinating. And I, I heat read that they taste delicious, but I don't know because I didn't get to make them and try them myself. <laughs> so, but a little write-up that I found on uh, foragerchef.com, which is someone who we want to have on the podcast. Uh, I got to reach out back out to them and see when we can schedule a good time. Um, but they wrote on their website, green walnut jam isn't a jam in a typical sense. Most people recognize a preserve of whole unripe walnuts and syrup. It's one of the most interesting things I've made with unripe black walnuts to date. Unlike other recipes that use green walnuts like uh, Nasino, ketchup, or Vindana, which I don't know. Well, I know what ketchup is, but yeah. I don't know what the other two are. Um, walnut jam allows you to eat the entire unripe nut, husk and all. It's a very special preserve that takes time, but it's well worth the work and effort. And I can't wait
0: to find out uh,
1: for 10 something, months from now.
0: For something that's so native and abundant, mm-hmm. it's. I'm just kind of shocked that I've never heard of it. Now I felt the try. same way. Yeah. I'm
1: like, how have I never heard this before? And I, I know there's a lot of, a lot of native plant foodies out there that listen to this too. So, um, if you're further North, say you're in Canada, maybe you're at the end of this season, you can start, Oh, I know we have listeners from Canada. Yeah. Maybe you can start picking some, some ping pong ball sized black walnuts and go to forge and look up black walnut jam and you'll find it. And, um, and maybe you can make this, and uh, if you can get it past
0: customs, you can send some to us. <laughs> no, I will say this. There's a lot of this type of thing I don't know about. Yeah. So I I don't want to say, like, oh, I know it all. I should know oh, this. It's yeah, just yeah. that I'm just kind of shocked that I've never at least had someone mention it to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm really looking forward when we can finally – I know we've been talking about and promising it for a while. When we can finally get this, like, native plant cooking episode and recorded because – it would be easy to go out, like I could, I could get my brother on, and he could say, yeah. "Oh yeah, you can make tea out of this, and you can do this." That's not necessarily what we want to do. We want to say, yeah. "Hey, you can make like gourmet meals out of some of the stuff, and it's really not even that hard, and it's right in your backyard." Like it's uh, and that's it's- what we're trying to to do is take not just hey, you can you can eat this, but it doesn't really taste like much. Yeah, say hey, we want to do something where it's like hey.
0: This is, this is a delicacy so delicious, and, and it's abundant. It's way
1: better than what you're going to be able to get out of a grocery store. Yeah.
0: And it's in your backyard. Yeah. It just yeah. takes a little bit of time. No, that's awesome. That's a great choice. Like so. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, because you had the walnut jam in bold. So I did yeah, see yeah. that, and I was like, ooh, all right. I can't wait to hear about that. That was so I didn't forget to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, – that's hot for this week is nodding onion, which is allium sernuum. Uh, and I wasn't sure at the time that I wrote this in if it would still be relevant at this time mm-hmm. and or in bloom because it was just starting to come into bloom right around the time of my wedding in my backyard and i just looked last night and i was very uh very happy to see that it was still in its full splendor but uh i decided i like that we've been taking descriptions from other places mm-hmm. uh so i i kind of went to wildflower.org ladybird johnson uh, Botanical Garden website. So their description of nodding onion is soft grass like leaves, and a one to two foot leafless flowering stalk rising from a bulb. The stem tends to uh, the stem bends so that the pink flowers born in a cluster at the top nod towards towards the ground. An umbel of many pink or white flowers at the tip of a long erect leafless stalk, bent like a shepherd's crook. A basal cluster of several long narrow leaves. All parts of the perennial have a mild oniony, 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 oniony scent. Oniony. Yeah. Oniony. Uh, bulbs are utilized by bears and ground squirrels. Elk and deer graze the early spring herbage. attracts hair streak butterfly. Um, now, here's where it gets weird for me as I researched it because I it was a little contradicting, and I, was, I, I kept reading more and more and more, and it says all parts are poisonous. Mm-hmm. But then I read, oh, you can eat all parts and and like how this uh, Native American tribe used it. So all parts are are poisonous but causes only low toxicity if eaten. So it can only be safely eaten in small amounts. So you can take a bite Mm -hmm. and you'll be okay. Um, Large uh, quantities are not recommended. Symptoms include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Um. So, so when you're when you're eating it, it has it it has medicinal uses similar to what garlic uh, would give. So eaten sparingly by the Northwest Coast First Nations, uh, they were steamed in pits lined with cedar boughs and covered with lichen and alder boughs. Uh, after they were eaten or dried in strings or on mats, they were pressed into cakes. Um, it's native to Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia some counties in the south uh scattered through the west except for california um and nevada but uh it's a full sun plant and as facultative upland so i have it in my it's just like a nice delicate look to mm. add like oh, very yeah. small uh it could be clustered but y- you know i i have it as a standalone, and it really stand mm. like people notice it when they see it so i just thought it was a nice choice i think it gets overlooked a lot but it gives a nice delicate look to to any place yeah it's
1: not it's not like a big showy flower, no. but it's something where if you stop and, like, you there's a lot of details to appreciate. I I feel the same way about Minarda Punctata, where it's yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah, from a distance, you're like, oh, uh, you might not even notice it. But then when you get close, I'm like, this thing is awesome. <laughs> there's uh, so much I, going on. There. I, it's I, the
0: same thing with the the nodding onion. Yeah, and, and like Minarda Punctata, the amount of, of pollinators it attracts, which is spotted bee bomb. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. uh, it's It's not... A typical Monarda flower, but mm-hmm. close up, when you start evaluating, it, you are like, man, there's, it's yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's complicated. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> so, but uh, I just thought it was a good choice, and I, I think that that goes well with your black walnut. Juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: maybe. I've I've met people who said they ate it, but I wasn't interested enough to. I I well Someone told me they ate it, in passing. I it was not someone I knew. It was just like a random conversation. They told me that they that it was something they ate. And then I looked it up and said, oh, it's, it's really pois- poisonous, so
0: I guess I'm not going to try it. And then, uh,
1: yeah, maybe I'll have to try well, it. Well, the reason
0: why I planted it in my yard was because I was told that you could eat it. Yeah. And I was who like, told, oh. Who told you that? Did I, I tell you that? I know No, <laughs> it wasn't. You were the one that told yeah. me after I planted it that you can't eat it. Yeah. So, but I can't remember who told me I could, and then I planted it, and you're like, ah, oh, you may want to double check It might that. have been
1: my brother, who's not a reputable source when it comes <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, as he's found out with mushrooms <laughs> yes. multiple times. Yes. Yes.
0: So, so, but it it can be eaten if you if you're just nibbling, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to cook with it every meal in large quantities. Yep. If you wanted to try it once or twice, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's worth try. You know, I'm gonna yeah. try it just so I can say I tasted I think it, would it. Be cool. It's a, it's, it's in an onion family, so it's got to taste like onion. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. In, in some way, shape, or form, it
0: smells like <laughs> it, so. All I, right, cool. All right, you want to so, do uh,
1: this or that? Yeah, let's move. Into this week's uh, botany-based current events. I kind of botched that transition,
0: huh? Yeah, It was good. So last – the articles from the last buzz, I had uh, Dodger Stadium turning it into a native arboretum. Mm-hmm. And Tom had about the uh, indigenous restoration efforts on Martha's Vineyard. And the Facebook group has spoken, and we have a winner. Narrowly. I won 11 to 9. Which it was tied.
1: Yeah, it up. was tied for a while. And I was up big for a while. Yeah. Um, I think I probably hovered on nine for quite yeah, some time. Yeah, and then time. I slowly
0: I, caught up. And then it was tied for at least a good week until I bumped it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw I got a vote. And I was like, all right, Tom, we'll get the vote next and we'll end up tied. But I, I ended up just narrowly squeaking out on that one. So I, yeah, I, no, I th-
1: those were two of my favorite articles I think we've had.
0: I agree. I I think that was a good – I would have been happy with either one winning. They were both great articles, and I like where they were both headed, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, especially since they are both in the United States as well because we don't always do that. And actually, I kind of like – this good segue because I'm going to go first. (coughs) A good segue is I like seeing what's happening in other parts of the world and and how it relates to us. Mm -hmm. So the article that I chose for – uh, this uh, this or that is called Indigenous Carbon Farming Project wants to lead uptake of native plants in large uh, Reget, revegetation programs. It's by Giovanni Torre and it's in the National Indigenous Times, which I didn't know was a thing, but I'm glad I stumbled across uh, across that. So this takes place in Australia. I'm just going to preface mm-hmm. it before I'm going to read it, Tom. If it starts getting too long, give me the give me the hook. I was going
1: to say, did you did you, <clears throat> you section this off? No,
0: this is how it was. I, I copied and pasted it from it. It's funny. The like last
1: time, we had similar uh, themes on opposite ends of the country. And this time, I guess the thing that links ours together
0: is yours is incredibly long and mine is incredibly <laughs> short. <laughs> Mine's actually not that long. It's no, every it's sentence was made a paragraph Yeah. for, for some reason. So, um, a new indigenous led carbon farming project north of Perth hopes to encourage more use of native plants in large-scale revegetation programs to improve biodiversity. Perth, Australia-based Native Carbon has begun working towards a wheat belt restoration, reforestation project in partnership with Woodside to generate jobs for indigenous people. To celebrate the initial planting, a welcome-to-country and smoking ceremony was conducted recently on uh Country with Elder Beverly Port Louis, or Port Louis. Uh, Native carbon is planting 1.2 million native seedlings, covering between 35 to 40 species on two parcels of land near Mora, making up a total of about 2,000 hectares. 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 Thank you. Uh, The majority of the planting germinated during the later part of 2021 will be planted in the coming weeks. Native carbon director Matthew Oswald said – the development employed a substantial number of Aboriginal people. Aboriginal employees have assisted with the seed collecting, fence removal, weed control, and plant installation with the support of Gambara. he said. Mr. Oswald, along with Imadi engineer uh, Darren Lundberg, is also the co-founder of Gambara, a majority-owned indigenous company specializing in environmental landscaping, rehabilitation, and revegetation works in the civil construction, oil, and gas and mining sectors. Now in the installation phase, three new team members from the local UED group will be joining the project, Mr. Oswald said. Native Carbon aims to consistently provide regional indigenous employment opportunities where possible, and we're pleased to uh, have achieved that goal in this project. About 30 people, some of those wheat belt-based, will work on plant installation and surface preparation. In addition, it was estimated 20 staff – Uh, We're employed to tend to growing plants over a six-month period at Plant Right Nursery, who is contracted by Native Carbon to produce the plants. Uh, Ms. Poor Louis is working to ensure indigenous people benefit from the projects and industry in their own country. We're sick of looking at the Brand Highway, seeing mining on both sides uh, of the U.S. country, Uh, and those companies need to look at U.S. employment because we are struggling to get jobs for the young. As a mother and grandmother, I'm getting out there in front to create jobs for our young people. Mora is a hub for Noongar people. We have more than 400 aboriginal people living in that town, and most of our young people haven't gotten a job. Ms. port Louis said she and other community leaders were reaching out to mining companies and other industries to promote jobs for young indigenous people. She said uh, that the taf at Mora has become a white elephant and more needed to be done to train and employ young people. When you clear land, you have to revegetate. Those are golden opportunities, she said. Plant Right Managing Director David uh, Lulfitz said the company was working on developing long-term employment opportunities but beyond the three-month planting season. That includes training qualifications, weed control, license, and weed control licensing. Uh, Western Australia is regarded uh, globally as a biodiversity hotspot. We would like to encourage federal and state governments to develop incentives or credits for biodiversity as well as carbon. Currently, biodiverse is defined by clean energy regulators legislation as more than two species, and it's our hope that few, well, two species, that's biodiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, large-scale uh, bush and reforestation projects will incorporate a wide range of native plants. This will, in turn, will attract a wider range of fauna and other wildlife. Some 25% of Gambara's 24 permanent workers are Nungar, and all those workers have weed control licenses as well as other important job skills. Uh, Mr. Oswald said they are looking at expanding training and mentoring opportunities for the indigenous workers. Gambara and Mr. Lulfett's nursery collaborate, and Gambara's off-season coincides with the nursery's busiest period, facilitating workers being employed by both companies. A Woodside spokesperson said the project was part of the company's plan to reach net zero emissions by 2050. These targets are to reduce net equity scope 1 and 2 greenhouse gas emissions by 15%. Uh, By 2025 and 30 percent by 2030, we have three ways to achieve these targets, avoiding emissions through design, reducing them through efficient operations, and offsetting the remainder. Avoiding and reducing emissions are our first priority. The spokesperson said offsets played an important important role in meeting emissions targets. So uh, many different factors of that. I appreciate it. The fact that the amount that they're planting, that they're hoping for biodiversity credits, how wonderful would that be? Yeah. Credits for biodiversity. Oh, yeah. That would be a wonderful idea. Employing young, you know, and just to, to lead into what we were saying uh, with Renata Barnes, you know, this mm-hmm. is, they're, they're focusing on indigenous people and trying to train people young and get them involved and get them involved in nature. So it's, it's accomplishing a lot of things. I'd love to see something like that here and yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen here if it's happening here I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't can't say
1: I know of anything like that happening here as far as like biodiversity credits go and that kind of thing, but um no, that's it's always fascinating when you hear similar minded stories from across the the world, not even across the country. So, yeah, I always love I'm I actually just finished a book that was um I think the guy was he was British who wrote it, I can't remember. But, uh, the the yeah, but um, it basically goes across the entire globe and not the entire globe, but the northern hemisphere and compares different issues in this book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this stuff is happening. We're talking about it right here. Yeah. But they're also having these discussions in Russia and Scotland and Finland and all these other places, too.
0: So, um, no,
1: yeah, it's a really, really
0: cool article. I, I just feel that you know and we know this but it doesn't doesn't it's not just a problem here mm-hmm. it's a problem everywhere and it's gaining steam everywhere and it's it's nice to see that things are being made because even though it's on the other side of the world it still affects the overall health of this earth mm-hmm. so more of these projects the right projects the right plants the right provenance getting the right people involved everyone's taking ownership and becoming a part of this you know, zero emissions, things like that. It's just, I don't know. It just makes me feel good that early on when we were looking for articles, I would really have to look for a day or two to find something. Mm -hmm. And now just with a quick Google search, I I have to pick between 20 new articles that are coming up. So, um, Which is
1: either a good thing or it's a bad bad thing (laughs) because it means, oh, there's a lot more need to write about this kind of stuff. Um,
0: Well, that's true too. I didn't even think about it that way, but there is a need to write about it and- Mm-hmm. there's it's a call for action so yeah. it's I, i'm just happy that the bulk of these are you know for every article like this there's an article saying this invasive that invasive fish species plant species that mm-hmm. speaking of which you starting to see uh, adult spotted lanternflies
1: yeah i guess i saw my first one about a, about a month ago
0: i saw my first um, adult but now
1: i've seen i'm seeing quite a few
0: i my first adult was about a week ago um, I saw one at a gas station, mm-hmm. which which meant it, it traveled because yeah. there were no trees, and there was one on my back patio that I couldn't couldn't catch. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just the start.
1: Yeah. Like, what's what's uh, I I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or I've just said it off the of, off air. But uh, we have a pool in our backyard, and it's amazing how many just things in general yeah. go in the pool. But um, spotted lanternflies, in particular, I would estimate that. I probably the pool kills as many in a week as I probably do I, I probably have ever. Really? It's like yeah, it's incredible how many are in there. And it was even with the the black and white stage, then the black and red and white stage, and then now with the adults I'm starting to see a bunch. I saw five of them last night. Just in wow. the pool. Just just five adults in the pool, in addition to all the other instars. stars. Um now, I also saw a, the black and white instar. I forget if that's first or
0: second, but I saw that one in there last night too, and I'm like, well, aren't, aren't oh, aren't you a little behind? <laughs> but Yeah, I haven't seen those recently. I've, I've just started to yeah. see adults. Yeah. Also, I need a new insect in our backyard that I'd never seen before, but apparently it's pretty common all along the East Coast, yeah. the brown prinoid beetle.
1: Oh yeah, I don't, which I don't is know.
0: it's large, mm-hmm. um, and that's why it stood out because we were like, "Whoa, what is that?" And a quick eye naturalist search, you know, it came up and it was pretty common uh, to see, but I'd never seen yeah. it before. But.
1: but yeah, but yeah, for anyone who uh, who's interested in in killing as many spotted lanternflies <laughs> as possible, I recommend getting. I recommend Get a getting pool. a swimming pool a <laughs> in pool. your backyard, and you will find so many of them. If you're trying to win that there pool was, argument, there you go. There was an uh, article. I don't. I, I don't think I put it in here, but maybe I did. It was about spotted lanternfly and did a, someone write in and let me know if I talked about this. It was about spotted lanternfly and how we were hurting more plants, trying to kill them than we were actually.
0: I don't remember you talking lantern, about that. Yeah,
1: it was pretty fascinating. I don't, I thought I did talk about it the more I say it, but, but it was basically like saying so many people were like stomping, on, stomping out the whole plant to kill a spotted lanternfly. that was on a leaf or uh, even worse. They were like saying, oh, well, I need to. I need to kill this spider lanternfly, so I'm going to go in the shed and just pull out whatever bottle I can <laughs> and just start spraying, and, and end up being uh, an herbicide that they sprayed on this
0: 50 year old oak. It, re- so. it really made me think of the um, the story that Perry told us from Glacier National Park when they were trying to eliminate the, the rust, current, right? The rust oh, where they yeah. took all the current which was native out, and then found out oh, it has a bunch of hosts. Yeah, you know, like. I know we're taking out tree of heaven, which is good because mm-hmm. that's an invasive. You're kind of killing two two birds with one stone. But how many other things that people don't know are they ruining or stomping out that mm-hmm. that you know? It's like they're finding the, that's a host, yeah, but it also likes grapevines and it yeah. also likes silver maple and it and also the, likes.
1: What's interesting is the more I've talked to like officials on this, mm-hmm. they say yeah, this it's good to, if you see them, stomp them, all that. But you're really not doing that much because what you need to do is target the egg sacks. And if you can kill the egg sacks, now you're knocking out 50, 60 at a clip where there's probably, I think most of us are probably killing less than 50 or 60 a whole season of the the other instars. So um, not me. I'm in the hundreds. I got (laughs) to be in the hundreds. I lost count.
0: But I'm expecting it to be the worst year with them Mm -hmm. here uh, this year. And I've only seen a couple so far. So... But it's still early.
1: Yeah. So, <coughs> well, Fran, have? as like your, your article was international, mine's yes. domestic. All right. Your was... article was longer. Mine's a little shorter. That's um, okay. I included the entire article in here as well. That's all uh, it because is? Because it is. Yeah. It's literally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then what? Three paragraphs? Yeah. Um, uh, it's like five. But it's, uh, it was through a organization called Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, um, which I'm a member. And uh, their whole concept is, is hunters and anglers for public lands. Okay. Um, so anything that relates to public lands, they really have a long, a large voice in. You may be saying, "Hey, Tom, you live in New Jersey. Where there, where is their backcountry in New Jersey? <laughs> well, we have the Pine Barrens, and then you start getting in some of these marshes along the coast. That's what they consider. We have a, a pretty strong chapter in New Jersey, um, but it's it's primarily a lot of the core people in this are from the western half of the okay. U.S. All right, um, but they wrote an article about uh, the North American Grasslands Conservation Act, and, uh, and basically it was just voicing their support. and I'll read it here, and it says, In partnership with a coalition of conf- conservation organizations, Backcountry Hunters Anglers is working to advance a brand new proposal in Congress, the North American Grasslands Conservation Act, introduced, introduced by Senator Wyden, who's a Democrat from Oregon, if you care about that kind of stuff, um, for the first time ever. This legislation would create a landover driven voluntary, incentive-based program to conserve and restore threatened grassland ecosystems across the continent. The model for this concept is successful uh, is the successful North American Wetlands Conservation Act, which has been of great benefit to Pylons Nursery. Um, North America—they didn't write that in the article. I'm adding that. That, <laughs> that would have been cool if they did. yeah. <laughs> North America's grasslands are one of the most threatened ecosystems uh, and most critical habitat for wildlife. Uh, they include tall grass, mixed grass, and short grass prairies, sagebrush st- uh, shrub steppe, and savanna grasslands. Over 500 million acres of these various grassland fifth, ecosystems fifth, 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 fifth. me, 50 million acres of these various grassland ecosystems—have been lost in just the last decade, converted to croplands, lost to residential and commercial development, and fragmented by invasive species. Each year, on average, more than one million acres of sagebrush burn due to invasive annual grasses that fuel wildfires. Uh, With the loss of grassland habitat come the loss of grassland wildlife, particularly upland birds, but also iconic big game species such as pronghorn and bison. Since the 1960s, grassland bird populations have declined by more than 40%. Species like the popular bobwhite quail have seen an even greater population decline of nearly 85%. Conserving and restoring their habitat is critical if we want future generations of sportsmen and women to enjoy the same wing shooting opportunities we do today. It is urgent that we act now to maintain grassland and sagebrush, uh, ste- or sagebrush shrub step systems for the important wildlife habitat they provide, as well as agricultural and carbon sequestration benefits. Uh, the North American Grasslands Conservation Act is an action-oriented approach by Congress, and we can and will be successful in the conservation and restoration of our North American grasslands with your support. Um, yeah, this is is I think we've even, I've even referenced this yeah. legislation before when it first might have been introduced but now as it's moving along I think it's now another time for people to kind of raise your voice and contact your your congressman yeah. or congresswoman and and say hey you should support yeah. this.
0: And this is what I love about this. This isn't hey we need to plant a trillion trees. Mm-hmm. This is recognizing important ecosystems yep. to make sure that certain ecosystems are maintained and um uh, restored so you know and this is something that du- dr Dwayne estes has been mm-hmm. you know shooting for so it's not just hey let's just go plant a bunch of trees and we'll restore it's it's doing the right thing and it's maintaining certain ecosystems and understanding what the value of that ecosystem is why it's important um i l- i would love to see more you know it was a great start with the wetlands uh with this mm-hmm. i think there needs to be more of that and i think yeah. over time there will be because there's different groups that are advocating for for each thing and the importance of it. And it's it's all about education. I love and how everyone is becoming more educated.
1: And one of the things and I've I've say this all the time on the podcast, but I'm I'm a hunter. I like to fish. I'm in the outdoors for not more reasons than just the, the plants. I found when I when I hunt and fish, I end up looking at the plants a lot more than I, I used to for sure. Um but that's like part of the experience is not just uh, the the activity of hunting. It's the immersion in nature, seeing the different kinds of plants, seeing the interactions between plants and and uh the animals. But um that's one of the reasons I chose this article was just it's a different organization. It's not a the Southeastern grasslands initiative saying, hey we need to support this because it's about grasslands. This is a a primarily a hunting and fishing group. Primarily a hunting group more more than anything that is saying, hey, we need to preserve these because it's critically important just even for our hobby of hunting and fishing. It's really important for that, but it's just important overall. Yeah. If we, yeah, we'll, if we lose this, not only do we lose one of our passions, but we're also like losing or important, critically important habitat. We're also losing a passion. We're also losing, losing a way of life. Yeah. Um, so there's different reasons to love native plants and habitats, but we're all kind of working to the same thing. And, uh, and all too often, this is kind of how we started with the podcast yeah. like two years ago. All too often we see some of these people uh, coming at each other when they're really on the same team versus bigger players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to work together and support each other. I've seen other organizations that aren't related to hunting and fishing that are supporting this the same yeah. exact way. So, you know, um, th-
0: th- This is a great article. I think both articles are great. And I've heard a lot of our listeners say that this is their favorite segment. Mm -hmm. of the buzz you know it's it's one of mine too because it's it's educating our listeners but it's also educating us to be good at what you do uh whether it be through pineless Nursery or through the podcast you have to be educated and know what's happening in the world and this is really this has been such a great journey learning about All of these projects all over the world, and then we get guests based on some of these because we Mm -hmm. want to learn more. So it's just it's it's important, you know. And 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 we kind of filter it out. There's a lot of articles that are very slanted, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. we've we've done some of those jokingly or to prove a point. Um, But it's just there. There's a million more of these. Don't you? We present you with two, say four a month. I, w- I would love – instead of a book group, maybe our listeners can do a uh, this or that group where mm-hmm. they each come together with their own article.
1: Yeah, and we see quite a few of it get uh, – different articles get shared in the Facebook group, and I try not to choose them. There's one
0: I, I do had, too, yeah. I had queued up, uh, and then
1: it was like two days ago. I can't remember who shared it, and I'm like, crap,
0: I can't do that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> we, tr- we purposely try and choose stuff that's not already shared in that Facebook group because so many people are already familiar with it. And Yeah, yeah are we – Losing or okay, twenty people read it, and now we're going to tell thousands of people about it. It's should, should we still should we keep that rule? Eh, maybe not, but we do, and because we want to have more perspectives all come together. And part of that is in the Facebook group. Um, couple notes here: is yeah. you can contact your senator or excuse me, your Congressman or woman to uh, support this. Um, one of the ways to find out who that person is, if you don't know, is go to house.gov and um, and then it'll have like a little zip code search and you put in your zip code it'll tell you who your your representative is um and then another another website that i just became familiar with over the last couple of months um is called howl.org mm-hmm. and it's primarily for uh people who enjoy hunting and fishing um and those kind of topics but it has a really unique feature where it actually will automatically uh, you fill out a form and it has some pre-form letters um, so say you find something that you're passionate about, or maybe even this, I don't know if this is on there yet, but you're passionate about, you can actually go on there, click that link for this certain bill, and it'll have like a preformed letter that you fill out all your information and it will automatically send it to your representatives. Oh, that, that's awesome. Um, with So all you have to do is put in your contact info and now it's going out to the right people. You don't have to do the searching. And now again, that's primarily hunting and fishing based bills. Um, one of which, which I'll also talk about now, just cause I'm talking about, Legislation is uh, something called the Return Act, uh, which is, um, in my opinion, pretty bad. But no matter how you feel about the Second Amendment, this is basically in something put into that would strip um, the Pittman-Robertson Act and how there's a, a excise tax that goes on to uh, hunting and fishing equipment, um, all, which is also firearms and ammunition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they want to get rid of that because they're like, well, you're adding on, I think it's 11% to this, and that's unconstitutional. And But they're forgetting that that money goes to wildlife, basically. This is something that hunters and, and sportsmen and women really were happy about. And like the the uh, ammunition companies are actually like really happy that they're able to give back in this way. You're not paying this tax at the store. It's something they're paying for every. Uh, every box of, of shells that you buy or every gun that you buy or, or archery equipment, fishing equipment. Um, there's Pittman Robertson for hunting and then Dingle Johnson for, for okay. fishing. Um, and it's basically just a tax and all that money kind of goes into a pool and then goes and gets put into state funds for wildlife projects that they're working on. A lot of it's going to directly to habitat creation. So, um, And that's, it's billions of dollars, I think. Um, so I think. But this Return Act, which is something I don't support and I think, many of our listeners wouldn't support either whether you like to hunt or not because it's main goal is to take a lot of that money away and um and uh, from wildlife and and habitats. so mm. yeah so yeah check out uh well contact your your congressional representative and then uh check out howl.org um and see the stuff they have on there i'd love to see something like that for the native plant space um and just kind of see like, if there's something like that out there where, hey, I can log on and it's giving, they have an Instagram feed I'm sure they have other social medias and it's kind of giving you updates on, hey, this is something that's happening in Illinois and uh, and if you live in Illinois, you need to contact your people if you're in support of this or against this and, and just kind of raises those red flags so you're always in the loop of what's going on because there's there's all kinds of things happening on a state level from sometimes people who don't understand.
0: All right, so. This is a call to our listener, Stephen Jackson, who's been developing a website.
1: Oh, yeah. This is your yeah.
0: opportunity yeah. to add this in. You could be the master of it. Mm-hmm. So, so Yeah, because
1: I'm even thinking in New Jersey, we had that Jersey native plant program get passed, and it would be cool if there's a, something uh, that was – this was their sole focus was just – hey, this is what's happening in New Jersey. They have a Jersey native plant program. Oh, Delaware is doing an invasive plant bill. And then, so you kind of get that little flag goes up and you, you're you in tune. Oh, yeah, hey, this is something that's happening in my state or a nearby state or someplace i like to visit and I need to, to contact the right people. That's so, a great idea.
0: Yeah. Great idea. So um, two great articles again this week. So we're going to make sure this is posted this weekend on the uh, Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. So make sure you vote. Um listener shout-outs? yeah let's do it right. listener listener shout out shout out shout so i am going to go first because you don't want to wait friend. i don't want to don't. wait because you have a very very long list which i'm very flattered by um <clears throat> but i have two that i'm i'm going to shout out so Anne, how would you pronounce her last name kaints kaints uh, i don't i don't know friend oh, okay <laughs> uh peterson kate's peterson and kate's peterson uh she uh wrote us and she gave us a a lead which we were very thankful for and 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 a lot of very kind words and we thank you for listening and and contacting us the the other one was Susie nettleton uh she shared a story that she was trying to get her daughter to come look at a chipmunk in the yard and when she called her daughter to look at the chipmunk siri thought that she was talking to her, mm-hmm. and she started to play episode 100 of the Native Plants Healthy Planet <laughs> podcast, So, which is the Aldo Leopold Foundation. Yep. So she was trying to figure out what she said. Like, I don't think we talk about chipmunks.
1: No, I don't think so And it's not so as a, yeah. a,
0: at a, a meta tag or anything mm-hmm. like that for chipmunks. So I just thought whatever she said, I just thought it was interesting that theory was recommending our podcast based on what she said, which I don't know. That kind of made me very happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, accident. that was a,
1: a funny story. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we had a ton of five star reviews. So I'm going to rattle them off here along mm. with a little bit of what I appreciated of your review. And uh, the first one is KJSMN2001. Um, and they said, keep it up because we need more native plants across the country. We agree. I agree. 100%. Uh, for sure. We need to get rid of some of these invasive plants and create more of these native habitats and preserve the native habitats that we have. Uh, Angela Yoder was excited to hear about the Dodger Stadium article and uh and got her husband to listen in the car and he was excited yeah. too. <laughs> so even though this isn't always his thing. Which that is I was a excited a big, about big, big compliment. Well, you were excited about it because
0: yeah. was your article. Well, you no, not just that. It it, it was kinda of, cause this isn't someone that wanted to tune in. Her husband just happened to mm-hmm. it was on in the background yeah. and it grabbed his attention and now he's a listener. Yep. Is that what you were going to say? That's kind of what I was going to say.
1: It it can be incredibly stressful in the car when you're on a road trip and you don't know what to listen to. And you're like, oh, yeah, I really like this podcast. We should listen to it. And then (laughs) sometimes that can build up resentment right away because I'm like, yeah, I don't like this podcast. I don't want to like this podcast. I want to listen to more Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) So that that they both enjoyed it. That was a a big, big compliment.
0: And she was saying it was long car rides. It was Georgia to Philadelphia. So that's a long – you know if if you're upsetting your significant other with your yeah. listening choices that could be a long car oh, ride yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> then you had a uh, kmrl.y um say, claim that they weren't a native plant nut, but you are listening to a native plant podcast uh, so,
0: listen uh, that to me was the biggest compliment yeah, out of no, all that, these cuz it, really it says is. although i'm not a native plant nerd i enjoy listening to this podcast mm-hmm. which means we transcend the medium
1: and that was know? part of our goal was yeah. we wanted to make sure it was approachable to people who didn't know about native plants and and especially with these buzz episodes make them fun make them educational and and uh, and a little more candid than some of our other interviews uh, let's see where was i obm o f f e d 1 um wrote that they want to hear about Moss, and so do I. And uh, there's one person I reached out to about Moss. I thought that was a great idea, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, I have not heard anything back, and I've been told by other podcasts that it is incredibly hard to get that person on. So There
0: used to be someone that when I was at Star Roses that they called the Moss Man. Okay. But that was long enough ago, and he was at a certain age. I'm not sure if, if that person would, is even still alive. I don't know. But it's – I, I know there has to be so many experts. That mm. I don't. I don't even know. I know nothing about moss at yeah. all.
1: Oh yeah, nothing. Not a thing. But there are experts, and we're gonna find an expert.
0: All right, awesome. Um,
1: and if they know any,
0: know any experts,
1: <laughs> uh, the the one, like literally the one person who I know is a moss expert. Like I just said, is I've heard is incredible. We were told by another podcast that oh, you're not gonna be able to get that person on. <laughs> so because they were like, yeah, we've been trying for years, and it just. They don't want to do it. All right. So um, then we had uh, B R Brick M One. I thought it was uh, B Rich. B B-R- B Rich. That makes more sense B- than B Rich M One. I thought it was Birch at first. But uh, it was not. Oh yeah. Um, and they liked how it was conversational. And that's again, like I said, with the buzz episodes, we definitely try and be conversational. Mm-hmm. Even with our regular episodes, we yeah. one of the things we with our lead in with our guests is we we'll say, "Hey, this is not an interview. It's we want this to be like." we have a bunch of people who are part of this big conversation. We're just talking like we were at a bar, at a conference, and we're just kind of hanging out and and shooting the breeze. And you have people who who talk more, (laughs) Fran. And you have people who talk less (laughs) and you guys to listen. (laughs) Then we had uh, the last one this week was Roxy Radish, which is a great name. Um, That is a great name. Said we were a tremendous resource, which I – Again, wow! What a compliment. I don't so. know
0: that I agree with that, but yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> so,
1: if you leave a five star review, I will do the same thing for you right here, and I will I will uh, just tout all
0: the things, the nice things you say about us, and and, uh, and we're coming down to the wire because we said mid August mm-hmm. we were going to pick a winner for leaving a five star review. Now, which would be we, the next
1: the next buzz? Are right? we going
0: to let it go to the next buzz, which would be mid August? I or think we'll we have to to contact our council, which no. is Alyssa Joy Lewis. <laughs> no, we said mid-August, but yeah. I was thinking about it. Like, do we say, hey, the cutoff is next buzz, and then we're going to announce the winner that buzz, or are we cutting it off, and then we're going to?
1: I say let's – Hey, you have by the next buzz, you have. That's the last chance you have to get in. We're gonna announce the winner on the following buzz. Yes, because who wants to we get ha- plants in in August anyway? You want <laughs> them in September yeah. or October. So, so
0: well, then the next buzz, we're gonna say, hey, it's cut off, and by the next buzz after that, we'll pick the winner, yep. which would be in September. Um, and remember, the winner will get fifty different, hopefully, mm-hmm. fifty different herbaceous two-inch plugs. So it would be one flat of fifty different plants. Curate it by me based on where you're located. So we're, based on where you're located, we may not be able to do 50 different. If you're mm-hmm. local to us, you're going to have a larger variety. Yep. Um, if you're further away, it's going to limit what we have for your – that's native yeah. to your area. Friend,
1: have you considered that you're your own worst enemy here and that since you are the salesperson and uh, at Pineland's Nursery that if we sell out of anything, it means there's one less thing you can give our, our listener. I ha-
0: No, I hadn't thought about that. We're sold out so, of yeah, quite a few things. If you're, yeah. if
1: you're doing your job, they're not going to be able to get as much diversity. Oh, no, okay. We might have to take that up conundrum. with the general manager. That's a conundrum
0: there. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Well, I actually did. I I did tell someone that entered that because they were local, if they won, mm-hmm. I would deliver the plants personally and help them plant them.
1: Okay. So I'm probably
0: creating even more issues yeah. yep. doing that. So maybe so, I will just shut my mouth. Yeah. I don't know when to stop talking sometimes. I did have one
1: more special listener shout out, okay. and that is to Joey Shondell, uh, who works for Taylor, Taylor Creek Restoration Nursery in Kansas. And like I said, I was at the Cultivate meeting mm-hmm. and uh, ran into the folks from Taylor Creek who I'd never met before. We're kind of in the same space. They're just in yeah. Wisconsin and Kansas, and we're in Jersey. Um, I got to talk to, to Elliot, and I'm blanking on the the woman's name i was talking to who is joey's boss so joey's boss if you're listening listening to this i'm sorry i can't remember your name on the spot right now but she was telling me what a fan joey is and how he's listening all the time and always talking about what tom and Fran say and uh and she had to take a picture to kind of gloat to him that she got to meet me oh that's pretty awesome Joey, you're getting a shout out on the podcast so that's pretty uh, awesome happy to have you guys listening way out in kansas is that your
0: first uh selfie with a listener
1: uh yeah probably the first picture yeah yeah
0: i have not done yeah. that yet i'm a little jealous that's pretty uh, cool yeah that's pretty cool um so, and which I did- was
1: another thing that was interesting at that meeting was um i had a handful of people recognize me some of them just from my voice which i thought was strange yeah uh, but uh yeah there's a handful are like oh yeah you're so and so from the, the the podcast i'm like yeah i am <laughs> But then I did the same thing because there's a, a gardening YouTube channel that I mm-hmm. watch every once in a while. As much as I like native plants, I don't know a thing about growing vegetables. So I'm like, and that's my medium of choice when I'm learning is watching stuff on YouTube. So the channel called Epic Gardening, and I was like walking down one of the aisles. I'm like, holy crap, you're the <laughs> <YouTube." laughs>
0: And they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. But I like, love that because that was yeah. an industry conference or an mm-hmm. industry trade show. So it's nice that. What we're able to present on a weekly basis is listenable by our peers, yeah, and yep. also by by homeowners, mm-hmm. you know, and it, or the novice, I should say, I should yeah. say, uh, I guess I should say the one of the
1: people I remember mm-hmm. now is Brian from Woody Warehouse. Okay, so they're out in Indiana, right? I believe so. so yeah. yeah, they. He was like, "Oh yeah, I love what you're doing on the podcast." So that's awesome. that always feels good when you're, yeah, when we have those kind of interactions yeah. as well.
0: I had one more, but I'm gonna wait till the next podcast because someone actually. Uh, email us today which who's who's a customer saying i i really love what you're doing with the podcast and said it's easier for easier to listen to us doing a native plant every day and guessing what the plan is than trying to do plan id at 65 miles an hour which i know you appreciate <laughs> yeah, yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> all right um i have no complaints um, I have no questions, but just as an – I'm getting to a point, Fran, where I think we maybe take the Fran's complaints out of yeah, our – Yeah, I think we can. Because
1: you haven't had a complaint. I... I've had more complaints in the last year than you have.
0: I think I'm just sneaking them in and not – Yeah, I'm you're not formalizing, formalizing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not formalizing it. But I do want to throw this in um, before we get to the next segment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just as a reminder that we are at it again this year with our, our new uh, – not lecture series, but talk uh, – talks. The first one is coming up August eleventh mm-hmm. and it's uh we're doing another talk via Zoom for Bowman's Hill Wildflower Preserve. Is it Zoom or is it there? It's Zoom. Okay, I think thought it's we still have Zoom. Go there. I'm looking for we yeah, have I, our first cool in person yeah. we have a couple in person talks this fall. We're doing one for Sourland Conservancy mm-hmm. in September and one for the New Jersey Native Plant Society. Which chapter is it? Do you remember? Uh Hudson. Hudson, Hudson chapter. chapter. And that's sure. that's going to be in October. Um, and those two will be in person. I I think for the Native, New Jersey Native Plant Society, we're actually trying to do a live podcast uh, with a guest, um, so we can do have live questions. I'm really looking forward to that because we haven't done that before, and if we can figure that out, that's I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a new talk that we have this year, and it's uh, basically reflecting on what we've learned from our listeners, but not on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. More of an everyday scale, like we always think of these big takeaways and these big guests and and big picture, but just it's more like a, a inspiration everyday uh, yeah. type thing from some of our guests, and we're we're going to unveil that August 11th. So if you want to register, if you want to hear the talk, you can register through uh, what is it? Uh, B-H-W-
1: BHWP.org. Yeah, I believe, and I would
0: Google it, but I don't think Google's working still. Let me try. Uh, well, I just got your email while we were in. The oh, maybe of the it's thing. working. So now. maybe it's working now. First, I, it's the first time I think I can ever say Google's down. So, um, but which may mean the word world is ending, and you won't ever get to hear this. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> but it's uh, we're excited to give this talk, and uh, we're very thankful to be invited back by uh, the folks at Bowman's Hill. So, um, and we. This is our cutoff for the the t-shirts. So the proceeds. We're going to be giving those proceeds to Bowman's Hill. Yeah. And Uh, it is bhwp.org is Bowman's Hill's website. So So. if you if you'd like to hear that talk, make sure you go there and you sign up.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So you have Grow Read a Book. I do. I've been reading a lot of books. I haven't. I'm glad you have. (laughs) Grow Read a Book.
1: All right, what do you got? All right, so I teased this one <coughs> at the end of the the last buzz, or toward, in this section of the last buzz, um, that I'd finished a book called The Overstory, which was by Richard Powers. It came out in 2018, so it's fairly new. Okay. So I'm going to put a spoiler alert in here. Oh. If you haven't read this book, um, I'm going to try and outline it without giving any spoilers, but I can't guarantee it. And then there's a little section after that I'm going to say, hey, if you haven't read it and you want to read it, skip ahead and just keep hitting skip
0: until you hear Fran's voice. You know and what's then- <laughs> pretty funny? I, I like for all the reviews we've given for movies and books, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever thought about that we were spoiling it for someone. Well, a lot
1: of them have been like <laughs> <what, what, laughs> cuz I'm sure I, I spoiled alert in the last episode because I was talking about Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, I was kind of talking about what happened there. But uh yeah, I think a lot of the stuff we've covered, like I I talked about um I remember Silent Spring from Rachel Carson. That was in the 60s. And a lot of the books that I've I've covered are
0: They're, a decade been, old yes. or, or
1: even a little older than yeah. that or a lot older than that in some cases. Um, yeah, Like what uh, Aldo Leopold and, yeah. and um, who wrote the jour- Journeys to Alaska that I'm blanking on now. Uh, 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 guy from out west, Longbeard. Um, I that's a lot of people. I can't remember <laughs> his name. I will say. The, 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 like uh, Yosemite. Oh, crap. He was Teddy Roosevelt era. Uh, I, I it'll come to me eventually. I will
0: say this. So our episode with Oliver Millman from the Insect Crisis mm-hmm. has now shot up into the top 10 of all time episodes. So I, I'm I'm hoping that that means a lot of our listeners have gone out and bought that book and are listening to that. But that and uh, Lawns into Meadows, uh, both of those uh, have shot up there. So uh, thank you for listening to those, and I hope you read the book and you're getting to know those authors a little bit. Yeah, So oh, I can't remember his name.
1: It's uh, it's short, short last name too. Whatever, I'll, I'll it'll come to me later, and I'll I'll say his name. All right. And this isn't the first, and this isn't the first time I've forgotten that guy's name because I forgot on <laughs> another episode too. Um, uh, Muir, John Muir. Okay. All right. I think yes. Yeah. No, that um, sounds correct. So, uh, yeah. So, spoiler alert. Skip ahead to Fran's voice if you don't want any of the book spoiled. If you don't mind a little bit of spoiling, or you've read it, listen through, and I'm going to give another spoiler alert. If you really don't want to have it completely ruined. Okay. And um, right. so basically this is a book I said it came out in 2018. It was heralded as like one of the books of the year. It won a whole bunch of awards. And it's basically an environmental novel that's based in truth. And I really loved the beginning of the book. I was okay. literally stopped. I'm, I I was listening to it. So and it's one of the books I wish I read. I wish I had the time to read it because it's also very long. Um I think like the audiobook was like twenty some hours long. Something like, it was something wow. crazy. Okay, and uh, but I was like literally stopping, the, pausing the book, going in and telling my wife, "You can't believe like this story that I'm reading." It's and I like outline this part, and then I get the next part and outline that for her. And um, so she basically got to read the book haphazardly Twice. through. Me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, okay. But um, the beginning of the book is just fantastic. It's so well written, and it's really a series of multiple short stories where the main characters are deeply tied to trees, um, both positively and negatively. Okay. It's not like... It, the first the first story is about, like, an immigrant, a Norwegian immigrant, and he, he falls in love, and he's uh, in New York City with his future wife, and she picks up some chestnuts off the ground. And they're, like, it's winter, and they enjoy the chestnuts, and has, picks up some chestnuts and puts them in his pocket. They get married. They move to Iowa, And then he puts on the coat and finds all these chestnuts and says, oh, I'm going to plant these because there's no chestnuts here. And starts to plant them thinking, oh, we're going to be rich because we're going to be able to sell all these chestnuts and how wonderful it'll be. And there's a series of unfortunate events and some of the trees die. Um, And he only has one tree left, so he's not able to produce any chestnuts. Uh, But it just kind of ties. And this is back like pre-Civil War is, is this person. But then it ties that tree to this family through the generations all the way up to present day. Uh, there's another guy who's, like, that. his tie to trees is he's a, a computer. Um, he's a, stu- a high school student, but he's designing computer games. And he ends up, like, getting kicked out of a class. He gets really upset. The teacher gets really mad at him and kicks him out. And he ends up falling out of a tree and becoming paralyzed. Oh. And how that launches a different sphere of his life. Um, there's another story where uh, the parents would plant kids with their trees. for Like, they planted a tree for each kid. Okay. And but then, like, there's you have the walnut and then you have the ash tree or the elm tree. The, I think the one was elm, and okay. obviously, their the lives kind of corresponded to the trees oh, in a way, okay. as part of that gotcha. story. Um, and then there's another like story where they uh they planted uh it was part of their their anniversaries that they planted a tree up with every anniversary, and you kind of follow this love story as they plant trees, and that's how they mark their new year's. It was very relatable because it's something so many people, they plant a tree. I planted a tree for each of my kids. Yeah, as like for their kids or or for an anniversary. Or one of the things we do through the nurseries, we donate uh, red oaks, which is New Jersey State tree, the northern red oak. We donate to our local, uh, two local elementary schools and then a local high school. And actually Rutgers University's uh, SEBS program, they have a a program that we donate the trees to. Um, And they give them out at graduations because it's supposed to be, hey, it's a a year old seedling. I'm going to plant this And it's kind of going to be a a marker of a memory, a marker of a milestone. Um, And in my front lawn, I have actually two red oaks that the previous owner uh, from their kids, and one's probably like 25 years old, the other one's like 30 years old. They're old trees now. That's pretty cool. So it's a really, really cool thing. It's something we're really happy to facilitate. But you see, like, they tell these stories, and they kind of, they're just real life in a way. Um, And he just does a, a great job author does a great job of relating how intertwined we are with nature and how impactful trees specifically are in our lives, even when we don't seek it out. Like there's these stories that just keep us like tied to nature even if we don't recognize it.
0: How was the the person who did the reading of the audiobook? Uh it was pretty good, okay. in my opinion. It All was right.
1: it was it was stable. You have people All whose voices like I know yeah. they put you to sleep or they're yeah. annoying or uh, it was actually a woman and she did a really good job with uh, one of the 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 second story in the book, the main character was a eighteen year old Chinese man. Okay. And she does a really good job like kind of imitating the accent. Okay. So it makes it like you kind of puts in the okay. audiobook, it gives you a little bit more medium to put yourself in there. If you have the wrong reader in an audiobook, like when you're reading a book ru- you can kind can of do that for it, yourself. Yeah. Like, you're doing that in your mind. But if you have the wrong reader and they're not doing that, it kind of ruins the experience she did a good job of, like, imitating the accents to kind of make it imaginable.
0: Because yeah. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Like, I'm interested. Yeah. This is that was actually that I one of my read.
1: favorite stories, too, about this the young Chinese man because he was in China, and he was leaving home to go to Carnegie Mellon, and his dad gave him some of their family heirlooms to take with him um, and basically said hey, it's our family fortune because this was pre-communist China. Oh, the gotcha. communists were coming, and he's like – you're not a business person. There's not going to be anything for you here. If you yeah. say they're going to take my business, they're going to take everything we have, go to America, take these because this, and if you have hard times, use them to to get yourself yeah. out of them. Um, but then he ends up passing them on and it goes okay. to again, present day with, with his gotcha. kids. And so that's the first half of the book is just, okay. he's really maybe even less than the first half, just really unique stories that, you can really relate to as, as people, they're just historical. They're, I don't know. They was just very impactful. Um, now this is where the spoiler really comes in. If you don't want anything ruined, ruined, like I kind of outlined stories so far, but it's not like it's, i ruined the book. Um, the last short story they have ends with its character meeting the most current day character from the first short story. So it ties, it starts tying these pieces together. And you reach new chapters, and they're kind of the chapters are named after I can't remember what they're called, but they're named after uh, tree, like tree esque names, I guess. Okay, all right. So they kind of it's like I can't remember what they're called, but it kind of outlines where you're going in the book yeah. by based on like what the tree limb or the tree part yeah. is. Um, but all these stories start to converge and intertwine as their characters begin to meet. And they're all drawn together because of this love of trees or this somehow like just this, this connection to the trees that they're in. And that was where, and it's it's still a really good story. It would work on its own as a completely separate book. Um, And there's action, there's passion, love, death, sacrifice. There's all this stuff that makes a good novel tied together in this. Um, And then it's also centered about environmentalism. Um, So for listeners, you're, that's if you're into that kind of stuff. You're into the environment. You're listening to this podcast. That's what your main draw would yeah. be there. Um, things fall apart, and all the characters kind of rebuild their lives over the decades. They drift away, and then back, and and all kind of tied around that environmental activism. Um, and it was still a really, really good story. Like the, the part where one of the characters is a traumatic event, and yeah. that was like. Oh my God! What what is this person? It was like really that peak of that you feel in movies and books. Yeah. It really even as through an audiobook, like just drew you in. Um. And then it it was still really good, but it started to go get a little long. And there was just there's some characters from those original stories that just they were woven in, but it either felt a little forced or it just didn't make sense or yeah. it was like well. They never really got tied in to the, the the rest of the book. I think the one character, they read about something that happened in a newspaper, and that was their main tie to the the okay. story. And it was just like, oh, uh, okay. But so it, how good the beginning was, and even up to like three-quarters of the way through, the end was still good, but it was a little bit, I don't know. It just didn't completely come together okay. but it was so like if i gave it a rating out of 10 i'd still give it like a 9.5 it was uh, really it was really good in my opinion nice. okay but when i read other reviews on it just to kind of see hey am i thinking the same thing as other people they all kind of felt the same way like okay. there's some people who like just didn't they didn't like the environmental activism so they kind of tuned them out to begin okay. with but it was uh a lot of people said it just didn't come together perfectly and that was the only thing that made him rated a 4 out of 5 versus okay. a 5 out of 5. So, yeah, no, but other than that, awesome. like, I Fran, I think you'd really enjoy it. It sounds like um, it's something I would enjoy. Was, I waited, like, 16 or 20 weeks for Is this book really? on Libby wow. a, a library hold. So, uh, yeah, if you have Libby, which I recommend you getting if you have your library card, you can rent the audiobook on there in most places, at least in, in Burlington County, New Jersey, you can. Um, and it's, a, it's probably just a good book to, if you like to read... If you don't mind long books and you like reading about nature and trees the beginning is just worth it
0: in yep. my opinion I'm just looking at so it's narrated by Suzanne Torin mm-hmm. and on Apple it's rated four out of five yep. and you're looking at like seventeen dollars if if, mm-hmm. if you're an iPhone user and you want to do that yeah yeah so I,
1: I would speak fairly highly of it it was just like it was it was impactful and it just it embodied a lot of things we talk about on the podcast. Um, and put it in a way that can relate to just about anybody, in my opinion. Yeah. At least people who like nature, it'll relate to you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's, I've been awesome. reading a lot of other books too. I'd st- I started another Peter Wallabin book and I actually had to turn it off. I'm
0: like, it's the same <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> Can't deal with it.
0: But, well, uh, well I, this is something I had to add to my, yeah. my wish list because it, it sounds like something I would enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy listening to. It's just yeah. like, and I know we've talked about it. One of the things that I found. If it's not the right narrator as I'm driving, yeah. I realize I've just driven five minutes and I didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, I find, but that can be a good book too, and that's why I'm a slow reader. They may say something I need to really think about or comprehend it for five or ten minutes before I move on. Otherwise, I'm thinking about it and mm-hmm. I'm not really paying oh, attention. Yeah.
1: So, yep. so um, next, next buzz, mm-hmm. I'll probably be covering a book called The Tree Line, uh, okay. which I just finished. Uh, again, I've listened to it as an audiobook, but that was the one that kind of talked about – um, well, the tree line across the northern hemisphere and where the tree it just gets too cold for trees to exist. Okay, and um, and that was fascinating. And it was like, if you like a little bit more scientific read, that really That's hammered right. it home. So awesome,
0: I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So, we don't that was kind of our topic for today. We don't yeah. really have a topic, yep. but I have a take it or leave it. I've really, I've actually had people reaching out to me and mm-hmm. suggesting take it or leave it, but this oh, was nice. one I was thinking of because. I believe you were there. We were at a, um, a CWRP, Corporate Wetland Restoration Partnership, mm-hmm. and we saw a presentation on it, and one was wind turbines in the ocean mm-hmm. because they're they're putting a field just off the coast of Atlantic City yeah. where you don't really see them from the, the visibility line. You may barely see them.
1: I think it's supposed – they're doing some other projects all over the New Jersey coast, and they're – I think there's some where it's like you might just on a really clear day where the ocean's flat, you might be able to just yeah. barely see them. It's, they're not going to be close.
0: So mm-hmm. does the benefits outweigh the impact? Um, <coughs> and that's where I, I'm not <laughs> as as versed on this as I should be to, to probably make an appropriate uh, classification. But
1: And I'm not either. Um, I've heard uh, some really good good things about them and how like, just, so some people are saying these are going to be so beneficial. Uh, one of the things I'd heard was that how, well, you go to, to Louisiana and yeah. even like North Carolina where you start having some of these oil rigs, the amount of, it's an artificial reef. Yeah. And the amount of diversity in sea life that you find on these oil rigs is, is fantastic. I know in part my brother, he mentioned one episode he was on, he likes spearfish, but one of the trips they'll take is to some of these oil rigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's gone to Louisiana once and North Carolina twice. But I'll go to these oil rigs or these off offshore structures and you just kind of dive down and you, you hang on about 50, 60 feet down. There's just all kinds of fish that are just around this structure. Um, and it's just, it's in the middle of the ocean. So it's just a beacon for, for different kinds of sea life. So there's a lot of benefits there. And I was talking to a guy I know who owns like a fisheries company in New okay. Jersey. And... Um, and I thought he would like these. Yeah, and uh, and I, in the past, I thought he actually did say that this would be good because it attracts so much sea light, and that's what his business is. So, but you're
0: not a lot of. Isn't there like a you can't a limitation? fish
1: directly around yeah. it? But it's if you have that out there, you're going to have the fish traveling to and from, so it's going <laughs> to yeah. bring more life to, yes. to his his business in a way. But he was saying that they're also attract a lot of jellyfish. Okay, and um, and that was a big issue was the that these jellyfish would spawn i guess on the pillars. Okay. That would go in the ground and that he's like we're already having so many jellyfish issues in Barnegat Bay and along our beaches and this is just going to make the problem worse. And it's like he's like there's times where it's almost unswimmable now and tourism is such a big part of our New Jersey coast and there's times where it's almost unswimmable because of the amount of jellyfish and now you're going to triple it or quadruple it. it, He's like, the amount of jellyfish this is going to create, they're going to be right off our coast and coming into the beach is, is going to hurt our tourism, I guess. Um, so he seemed to not be in favor at the last time. And this is someone when it comes to this kind of, he tends to have like an environmental slant on, uh, on his takes, even though he's the fisheries business is obviously the biggest thing to him, but the environment is a big, important part of that. Yeah. If the environment is not right, then his business takes a hit. So, he seemed to be sour on it last time I talked to him, but that's really the only direct like uh, interaction I've had with this plan. Um, where I've talked about it with someone, I've heard some other people talk right. about how beneficial it is. It's green energy. It is um, green
0: energy. It's renewable energy. Yeah, you know, because there's always wind. It's probably in the right place. And well, that's it's I not guess that's crea- debatable. Now, yeah. so that there's always wind, um, but, uh, but you know, because there are wind turbines. Just outside, like on the mm-hmm. bay side of it, Atlantic City, and you see the amount of space that that takes up, mm-hmm. and like I know it's depending on where it's at. You should be able to have uh, like meadows, or mm-hmm. like obviously you're not having a forest, yeah, you know. But if you're having grasslands or meadows, as long as it's native, mm-hmm. for, so they can maintain it, I, I think that's fine if it's low impact yeah. and high high green energy. Mm-hmm. So, in the ocean, I would imagine you're taking up space that isn't really being used anyway, by, other than maybe us, fi- yeah. yeah by other than like fishing boats and
1: if I remember correctly, so now part of the issue was not just the the structure, mm-hmm. but it's okay, you have these turbines that are creating all kinds of energy, but they also have to get the energy here here, so that was part of it too, is now you have this transmission line. You know who we should really talk about this with is Russ Finari because I yeah. think he knows a lot he about it. He knows a lot,
0: and he was at the and meeting. And he's
1: going to be like, you guys are completely butchering. <laughs> I'm, we're going to hear it from him. You guys completely butchered this argument. But that's fine. You but, know um, what, Russ,
0: maybe you can call the question and comment line yeah. and set us straight on this one because I know you know a lot yeah. more about this one.
1: Yeah. I, it's one of those things It's tough This like for me to say. I know something else I I just had, uh, had read was about um some of these – going back to, like, the Russia-Ukraine war and how it's impacting Europe, but I guess uh, Germany has, like, a pledge to go with green energy by a certain date, and some of that is with wind turbines, but they aren't performing up to expectations, so now they're uh, – that's one of the reasons they need as much Russian gas. And now – this is another thing I don't understand, and maybe Russ can chime in here too, but what is the big – issue behind nuclear energy because it seems to me like it, it's not like it would be green but it could be greener than coal or, or those kind of but inputs. is it though with
0: the the um because it does create nuclear waste yeah and, so, and that's
1: what I would assume would be the or and then you have what's it Three
0: Mile Island and Chernobyl and those
1: impacts obviously
0: Yeah, and that's the risk I mean there's there's obviously it's high risk high reward mm-hmm. um I, I just don't know how yeah,
1: I, yeah. So well, welcome to <laughs> Native Plants. Yeah, welcome to Native Plants, Healthy Planet, where the hosts will ramble on about things they don't know about
0: for, for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, thought twice about putting this in, but I, I, I was just hoping that you knew more about it than I did. I, and
1: I wouldn't, this wouldn't gives say I know, a, I've heard I might have heard. Here is the thing: this more, gives us an know.
0: avenue to yeah. learn more about oh, it yeah. and start a conversation where maybe we have a guest on that mm-hmm. is an expert in this that can give us.
1: And it's it's one of those things in my from what I know. It's one of those things where there are numerous benefits, but numerous downsides as well. And depending on who you talk to, they're going to play up one side or the other. Yeah. And it, at the end of the day, it's it, there's no clear cut good decision in my mind. Um, but I, like I like we said, we don't know, know don't enough know about it to make a decision. I don't know how. And thank God we aren't the ones who have to make the no, decision. No, I don't know how
0: how much energy it's creating. Yeah, um, what the offset is. If it's worth it, how much it costs to mm-hmm. install those, and how much are you saving over time? Yeah. I don't know what the environmental impact is in just installing them. Yeah, I don't know what that. Something
1: else I don't understand is how, like, even with bridges too. How do they build underwater? Like, you, I, I get you have to build like the chamber to build yeah. in, but and like pump the water out. But how? I don't even know how you do that part. So I will just watch a video about how they built bridges in like the the 15, 1400s. and it was like. Okay, I get that they yeah they built this structure, but how did they build that structure that went in the water, where they can't stand? I don't. <laughs>
0: I bet you you know where someone where there's somewhere local where you can probably see firsthand is the Roebling Museum. Yeah.
1: That's a good point
0: because uh, well, John yeah, Roebling yeah. who who built the Golden Gate Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge mm-hmm. and uh, revolutionized the uh, steel cable yep. suspension bridge, and it's it's reported that he. His wife finished the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, uh, yeah
1: because well, he got the bends, the from, bends from from the chambers, the going, chambers because yeah. they, they weren't pressurized uh, properly, which they didn't know at the time that he needed to.
0: Yeah. And John Roebling's steel mill is literally ten to fifteen minutes from. Yeah, her office, no, that's a so, good yeah.
1: thing. I I would utilize Google if it was working. <laughs> I had <laughs> to have,
0: your your father invited me to. There was a a meeting there, and mm-hmm. invited me to go. And something happened, and I couldn't make it. And I was really disappointed because I really wanted to attend that. But it's one of those things that literally is right around the. Cor- I lived here for 22 years, and it was right around the corner, and I never visited, so I kind of regret that. Yeah, but there's yeah. still time. Yeah,
1: there's yeah. There's time. there's always time,
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's about just looking at time. That's probably. Yeah. Do you have anything you need to throw in anyhow? Um, the only other things I'd I'd say
1: or, uh, say is uh, we have our. You mentioned it—the Bowman's Hill talk coming up. That's next week. So if you want, if you're interested in that, sign up. Um, even and there's have a whole bunch more programs. So even if you don't want to come to ours, check it out because there's some yep. other stuff on there it's, that you might every, be interested in. It's every Thursday every night. Thursday, yeah. And then uh, the other thing is the registration just opened for the Eastern Native Grassland Symposium, which is in Louisville, Kentucky this year. Uh, that is probably one of my favorite meetings I've been to. If you want to be surrounded by people who not only love native plants but specifically. Grasslands, which are a lot more common than you think and a lot more important than you might think, um, and learn about seeding techniques and, and that kind of stuff is a great place to go. And then even tying uh, commercial agriculture into uh, native grasslands because it's becoming a really, really popular and high nutrition option for forage feeders like cattle. Okay. And um, so they have a whole track of hey, this is how you can use native grasses. To feed cattle and now you're giving back to pollinators because you have to have flowers in there. Too. Yeah. you're giving back to the pollinators but also able to to have a commercially viable livestock on native pasture so you have basically multi-tier i guess it's regenerative agriculture under a different name yeah. so but it's, know, if that's it, something check it's, it out it's eng org.
0: It's a great conference in a great town. Louisville's a lot of fun, uh, and a great location. It's at the Galt House, which they also house the uh, the Louisville Managers Clinic, Nursery Managers mm-hmm. Clinic, which takes place in February. Uh, yeah. You know, I saw Tony La Russa talk there, and yeah. Sally. Ride. There's like the Louisville
1: and, Slugger museums there. There's the Muhammad Ali museums there, and um, if you're fan and of- there's the Old Forester Distillery is. Two blocks yeah. away.
0: I checked that out too. If, if you're a fan of Hunter S. Thompson, the Kimberly Brown Hotel is right down the street, yep. which is a, a classic uh, old hotel. And the bars are open until 4 o'clock. Yeah. So and you'll at get least to, they were. You'll get to meet me and you can take a selfie with, with your own Tom <laughs> Kineser co-host of Native Plants Healthy Plant. You know, I'm going to start being elusive. I'm going to decline selfie requests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't even so, had one. All right. All right. Well, awesome. I think that's a, That's
1: going to wrap us up for today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy listening to The Buzz. Thank you, everyone, for
0: listening to Native Plains Healthy Planet presented by Pinewood's Nursery. RJ Comer, thank you. Thank you for the theme music that you contributed. I can't imagine The Buzz without it. Um, you know, I, I know we always say buy or stream RJ's music on Spotify, but RJ actually – uh, curates playlists mm-hmm. on Pandora, which are fabulous playlists. And uh, I know they've kind of changed their algorithm. So it's become increasingly a little bit harder to to locate. Uh, let me see if I can uh, kind of find
1: yeah, well,
0: uh, I, more information about it. I, I can look for while that. You're your that okay, I you're doing that. I'll
1: say uh, that you can listen to Native Plants, Healthy Planet podcast can't listen on pandora but you can listen on spotify stitcher apple podcast really wherever you consume your podcast when you're there uh please 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 leave us five star review it really it pleases our apple overlords greatly if you do that and helps boost us up the charts and uh and then gets more people to listen to our message and which is about native plants um, you can also buy Native Plants Healthy Planet merch, which we mentioned Russ Fenari. He's one of the people I've seen that has the Native Plants Healthy Planet phone case, and they actually look really cool. And uh, I need a new phone case, so I'm going to have to get one of those. But um, uh, you can also find a lot of T-shirts on there. There's a couple different, like, styles on there. And uh, if you go to www.nativeplantshealthyplant.com, Right at the top, there's a banner. You click that banner that says like "Store Here," and then uh, it'll take you to our Teespring store. And we don't take any of the profits from that. We're gonna give it to, in this case, Bowman's Hills, our next recipient. But we give it to organizations we feel deserve it because they're they're hands on and educating, and hands in the dirt, and uh, and just promoting this message as well, yeah. doing well, it in in a positive way.
0: Awesome. Uh, so I did find, you know, RJ has curated several really cool, uh, you know americana playlist so it's Mm -hmm. it's more in the vein of of the type of music he plays um one of the ones that i really like is uh midnight at the loveless cafe that's a great playlist if you listen to uh uh to pandoro um it's got a cool uh like really cool moody vibe to it uh and it's a good tempo like for working in the garden if you're working around the house that type of thing so a perfect thing even if uh you just finished listening to a native plant healthy podcast you go outside uh just search for the name of that playlist and that will help you get to RJ's other other playlists. So mm-hmm. I, it's a it's a great one to to make sure you uh uh check out. So you can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery Nj, Instagram at native plants underscore healthy planet, or Pinelands Nursery and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. What's our TikTok? I think it's just Pinelands Nursery. Pinelands Nursery yeah. at TikTok. So make sure you check that out. Sure. Also, it's interesting because TikTok is probably
1: our most consumed social media. Really, I've, I, my wife she curates our TikTok. I make a lot of the videos. I send them to her. She posts them for us because um, she understands how to like edit them, and I I do not. And um, but she was telling me at lunch today, someone someone commented on someone else's TikTok about. This milkweed they found on their yard and said, "Oh yeah, maybe you should watch this video by Pinelands Nursery about different kinds of milkweed." Awesome. And then all of a sudden, we got like two thousand more views on that video. And but yeah, we get like think- thousands and thousands of views. And then on Facebook, we get like twenty. But Kyle <laughs> Kyle
0: Liebarger <laughs> said the same thing. He said oh, he was yeah. doing the same thing on Instagram forever, yep. and it was TikTok where yep. it's uh, they were. I just saw an article today through the stock market saying that TikTok has overtaken. The influencer oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. like most of the influencer, it's 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 surpassed Meta, mm-hmm. which is Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Yep. Uh yeah. so it's uh yeah, I could say I was I was telling you my son, he works at a restaurant mm-hmm. while he's home uh, from college over the summer, <clears throat> and someone posted a review mm-hmm. and it got seven thousand likes and they said their business tripled by the next opening mm-hmm. uh yeah and it's continued like it was good it's a great place but it was one of those ones where they kind of people just had to find it mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing how influential that yep. that social media be which i don't really i have it but i don't use it i watch yeah. funny videos yeah. that's <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> when someone shares it with me that's about it so um we have the question and comment line. Call us at 215 346 6189. I will repeat that 215 346 6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. Uh, we will play it on a future episode of The Buzz and try to answer it to the best of our ability. Uh, or even if you just want to, like Russ Fernard, if you want to call in to comment mm-hmm. about how we were wrong. Yeah, if you but,
1: want to tell us that we're wrong or you agree with us, or it's a question and comment line. So if you have a comment, um, leave it. Yeah, feel free to leave it there too because we. we We'll,
0: we'll, we get those too. Yeah. Sometimes they don't get played because it's a conversation that needs mm-hmm. to be had rather than yep. just playing it on the air. So, um, if we, I'm trying to think. I think that's it. And we have the Facebook group, yep. which just keeps every time I look at the amount of members, I was like, how did this happen? Yeah, you know. But it's, uh, I, I really appreciate all the great content that is going on there. Yep. I really, I feel like you and I don't really even it's 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 gone beyond us
1: yes yeah there's so many people who've kind of like picked up the reins and taken it so much further than we could and uh and we chime in when we can but um or when when it definitely when it's needed but uh yeah so many people especially like we mentioned Alyssa lewis she just she grabbed the bull by the horns and kind of (laughs) took that off and and (coughs) keeps it a very friendly hospitable place for people who love native plants and uh and i'm sure at some point we're gonna have some kind of conversation where it's going to get a little hostile, but
0: But we haven't haven't had that, but I, I, I I know it's getting more popular because we're getting a lot of spam. We get a lot of people commenting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I don't like if they submit a comment, I can, you know, but it's like, Hey, great comment. Click this link. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a prize, that kind of stuff. The other thing I've really had to crack down on again is the amount of solicitation, we're not going to accept any – I went through and had to block a bunch of pages that are mm-hmm. just promoting their – they're not contributing. They're just promoting, yep. um, which we frown upon. So we're not going to accept any more um, uh, membership requests from pages, and we're not going to allow the self-promotion. I'm okay if you're an active member and you promote something. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you do, then yep. our, our 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 members know yeah. and are annoyed by it. Yeah. We know we
1: know who you are. Yeah, we, yeah. has a very particular set of skills, and, <laughs> and sniffing out BS is one. Of them. So,
0: yeah. Um, whose turn is it for a secret?
1: I, I'm guessing it's mine, but
0: I I didn't pre-plan one. So if you have a secret, I I don't. Not that I can think of yeah. off the top of my head. The, did I ever tell you I got hit by a car when I was a kid?
1: Oh, I, I think you've told me a ton <laughs> of times. You have. Um I've never been hit by a car. I didn't. Uh, I got in a high speed uh, moped accident once, <laughs> but I, it wasn't a high speed. It was <laughs> we were we were cruising. My brother got this moped from a friend of his at college, and then brought it home. And, was it um, a Vespa or was it a no? Moped? It was just a moped. It was a moped. Yeah, okay. and we were just cruising up and down the driveway, and thing did go pretty fast. But uh, my hat flew off, and when I was going the one time, and I turned around to go get it, well, my brother had taken off running. We got two. So the hat's in the middle of the driveway. He's running down the middle of the driveway. I said, I'm going to go to the side of the driveway yeah. where I, so I won't hit him. And then if he gets worried because he hears this coming up behind him, he knows, okay, I it's to my right, so I'm going to go to my left. Yeah. Well, he heard it coming. He picked up the hat, looked right at me with the deer in the headlights. And I'm not – if I <laughs> if he didn't move and I just stayed straight, he, we wouldn't hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> but – he he did not not move. He did move, and instead of running to the left where he would have just been further away from me, yeah. he ran right, right in front of me <laughs> so that I had to swerve, and he had broken his ankle recently before. He was better now, but then I hit him right in the ankle, which he did not re which is fine, but I like laid this moped down going a, a startling 10 miles per hour. <laughs> And I was, like, all I, – I still have, like, scars on my leg. From really? Like just from the road rash. <laughs> and I remember my hand got so ripped open and then infected. Because uh, I'm yeah. 23 years old. What, you probably Diasporin? didn't go. Yeah. No, I'll spit in it and it's called it a day. And uh, that's actually a better secret, I should think. But, yeah, and then it got infected and I cleaned it up. The better secret is – I, I I have my son because, you know, when with little kids are like, oh, oh I like, love yeah. kiss it and make it it'll feel better. Like they bumped their, bumped their head or he was like he scraped his knee a little bit. And I was just like joking. said oh, just rub some dirt in it and it'll be better. So now when he like falls down and hurts his knee or hurts his head, he's like he comes up to my wife and says, kiss it, make it better. <laughs> She'll kiss it and he'll come to me and say, rub dirt on it, <laughs> rub dirt, rub dirt. Yeah, that's a pretty funny one. Did I ever tell you –
0: Cole, my my son Cole who's 19 when he was younger would come up and be like, hey, can I have brass knuckles? I'd be like, (laughs) no. And he's like, well, what if I only punch deer (laughs) with the brass knuckles because deer are a problem. I'm like, you think you're getting close enough to a deer with brass knuckles? He's like, how about nunchucks? Can I have nunchucks? (laughs) It's like, no. What if I only hit deer with a nunchuck? So at least he was trying to solve an issue. An overpopulation yeah. issue. Yeah, so. yeah. Didn't work though. He didn't get either. So. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom, and I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, coming up, we have uh, the Nature Conservancy again, but a different. Is that that's well, correct?
1: We don't know exactly who's going to be next. Okay, but it because uh, technically he's he's two pod or three. We're going to have a podcast, then a buzz, and then he's the next one. But oh, okay. since we don't have anyone firm for next week, I'm actually going to reach out to, to Johnny and say, hey, do you want to come a week sooner? Yeah. And um, and then we can – because we're recording isn't when we one, would do a buzz. Isn't he
0: the one that – I thought it was Tuesday next week we were doing that no,
1: one. No, it's the following Tuesday. Oh, uh, okay. I'm getting so, but confused. But I'm going to talk to him and say, hey, you want to bump in. But eventually you will hear Johnny – I want to say his last name is Quispy. Okay. Dr. Johnny Quispy. He's, a, a, I think, like an urban um, – urban wilderness person for the nature conservancy i heard at a meeting and i'm like oh my god this is perfect this is awesome. something really cool because i know many of you listeners live in urban environments um and he has some really cool ideas on how to and things they put into practice where they can kind of green up urban spaces
0: i'm excited about that and that that kind of is a good follow-up to the pennsylvania horticultural society and yep. we talked about that so that will be oh, a yeah. really good follow-up so uh make sure you tune in for that even if it's not the next one but it should be close But we'll see everyone again next time. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.